Well, by the law of podcasts this week, we need to spend um, a reasonable amount of time, um, a reasonable per- reasonable percentage of this podcast runtime, discussing Harvey Weinstein right now. Oh, yeah? <laughs> no. <laughs> but have you listened to any other podcasts this week? It's all anyone's been fucking talking about is oh. the Harvey Weinstein verdict. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, no. Frankly, I'm sick of it. Thank fucking God, though. That he's going to jail? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. All right. Yeah, that can be all we want to say about that. That's all I would. That's because it. you know what? Like, as much as like he should go to jail, it's also just like I'm so sick of discussing this. It's so horrible. Yeah, I just feel like it's just been bringing up a lot of people's trauma for years now, I bet. and and it's just like it just sucks when people are trying to um, move forward and like have a positive life after you know yep. something traumatic happens and they're just like constantly being triggered by the news and it's just like that's a lot to take in yeah people. You- and it's it's something they just kind of want to block out really yeah do you find that that is maybe what people are dealing with is that it's more triggering triggering and like traumatic than it is actually being like woo justice oh i don't know about that i think like they're all people are very happy that you know finally sure. he's going to jail but i think that that's definitely part of it yeah yeah um, I think you're probably right because that is what – and like what grosses me out about it is that it is um, – you know, the reason that it is on every single podcast is because it's so salacious. But it's like if you're just talking about it and bringing it up and talking about it because it – but because it's salacious in that way, then yeah, disgusting. And yeah. and yeah, it's just like being flaunted around. Like you say, it can be very traumatic in that way. Yeah, and then people who are outside of any of those situations just totally dissecting every story and trying to come to the yeah. bottom of it themselves when it's like – okay, this is not your story to dive into and bring out all these details about it. You know what I mean? Totally. I don't know. I just find that, like, it just makes me feel gross. Completely. I yeah. agree. So, yeah. And it's talked about so casually. Yes. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that, too. Um, so, anyways, and it's not even over yet, too, is the no. disgusting part of it. But, uh, yeah, necessary, but uh, gross. As always, it gets so disgusting when it just gets churned up over and over again and mm-hmm. everywhere. So, um Let's please move on from it forever. Okay, done. <laughs> now, um, okay, I asked you something, but I wanted to uh, wait until you were done eating to really go through it. You're eating a delightful meal of, what was it? It was like a kale and chicken thigh, like coconut curry thing. Oh my it was God, really, really delicious. It looked amazing. The kale even, I'm not a kale fan, but if it's done well, I'll eat it. And it looked so lovely. Chicken thighs, we both agreed to. We had a nice little moment. Yeah. Chicken thigh, better than chicken breast. What's the big fucking difference? Um, it's like a darker meat or something. It's like a different kind of meat. It doesn't get as dry. It's like so like, like juicy and yeah. dark and I love it. Oh, I'm, oh, don't get me wrong. I know. I like, I completely get, I love dark meat over white meat 10 times out of 10, but like, why is j- breast... Why is that the healthy one? I guess it's less fatty, maybe. Yeah, but like, I think so. Everyone's like, breast, 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 eat chicken breast. And it's just like, eh. I just bought a huge case of thighs, and I good. just will go for that. I think you should just eat thighs. Because it's still good. I just don't think it's like probably as nutritious, nutritious as a, a breast. Do you think? I don't know. That's I what people like- always say. I don't know shit. I just eat what's given to me, you know? Yeah. And that's good. And, you know, but I, <laughs> um, I, it's just shitty that I think what happens is um, people are, are like, uh, misinformed so much about food 
that they're like, uh, if something's more delicious, that means it must be worse for you. Oh, maybe. Which I think a lot of times is the case. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so I was talking about this to you. I uh, I just saw a deal. I was like, ooh, $40 off of AirPods. I was like, ooh, Papa's maybe going to get some new AirPods. Obviously, yeah. And I was going to say, do you want my old AirPods? I'll just give them to you. I have these are like generation one. I you know got them as soon as they came out. I love them. I carry them with me everywhere. I've had them now for two and a half years. I haven't lost them. Um, I, they're like one of my most just like they're just they're on my body all the time. It's like my phone and my watch. Yeah. They've just become the third thing in that triad of device that you just have on you constantly. Yeah. Making you into a little baby cyborg. And so but so I'll replace them with like a new generation. So do you want these? I do want them. Now, we've discussed on the air and maybe on this podcast before, though. You have a ear problem. <laughs> you got the gross ear problem where, it, like, it's extra chunky in there. It's not extra chunky. It's you're just healthy... rolling one. You're rolling a chunk right now in your in your fingertips. It's not. It's a healthy amount. Okay. Of earwax. Sure. But it's, it's a lot. It, it is it, a lot. And so, like, there is. So, would you be so, okay with these things that have been in my ears for hundreds of hours by this point? Yeah. There's crud. There's all little, like, stains of, uh, like, ear goober and, Ew. like, dirt and and lint and, like, look you'll, at this. You'll clean it for me. I have right? to clean it before. Yeah, I'm just like, giving okay. these to you. Oh, are you? I would, I'd pay you money and you can clean them. Like, it's like a car, right? When you, 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 may, when you sell a car, you want to make sure it's nice and clean and detailed before you give it to the person. It's just a nice thing to do. So, I'll give you money to clean it. Because I don't want to clean it. Because it's your goobers. Okay. And then I would happily take them off your hands. Really? Yeah, and I'll pay for them, of course. Those uh, are expensive. Oh, oh, okay. Well, I was just going to pay it forward, but okay. I mean, what else were you thinking? Just give them to you and you clean them and deal with it. And it's for free? Yeah. Okay. And then, and then here's the other thing. And then if I lose my new ones, then I get to come back to you and be like, oh, whoops, sorry, I need those back. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> Honestly, I think that's fair. But you're excited okay, about that? I have a question. How far is the distance that you have to be from your phone well, in order for it to distance. work? It's like, so I, I could I could is. have my phone in the bag and then go to like do some boxing like a few meters away. Oh, certainly. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's great. Yeah. So yeah. your phone doesn't have to be on you? No. Uh, okay. Yeah. I want those. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I saw someone at like the Boulder House. Um, they were had their Air- AirPods in, and yeah. I was like, "Oh, that's a sweet move. <laughs> that's really cool. I yeah. want that to be me." Yeah. Okay. I know. I'm better living through Apple product. Oh, speaking of yes. update, I went to Boulder House again, and I really, really like it. Oh, good. All oh, right, because we talked about that last week. If you missed it, um, Jen went to Boulder House first time. People were mean and rude to her, as sometimes just people one are. person. That's all. But I was very intimidated by the whole thing. This time around, so nice, so great. I felt comfortable. Yay. That's great. Thank you. Is this you gonna take this up as a hobby now? Um, I think I'll do it like once in a while with some friends. Like I don't know if I'd get a pass and like really right. get into the sport, but I do find it fun to like do once in a while. That's so great. Yeah, I love that. Um, because you know what? Too, I feel like this is one of those things that you can take with you. Like if you go traveling somewhere, mm-hmm. there are like outdoor, beautiful bouldering spots. Ooh, you know, and that yeah. just seems like a really cool thing to do. So that's great. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, and then uh, you're you're going over to Vancouver this weekend. I went over last weekend. What are you going for? So I'm going over uh, mainly for my mom's birthday. Okay. So we're going to go do some brewery tours and stuff like that. Nice. Um, then I'm going to go hang out with some friends, going to a show, Thundercat. Yes. Uh, That'll be really good. Um, and I was wondering, I wanted to ask you this. Okay. Is it weird to get your mother like a vibrator? Do you think that would be a weird gift to <laughs> give as me giving my mom a vibrator? 
Well, I think it really depends on the relationship you have with your mother. Okay. And I don't know too much about your relationship with your mother, so. Yeah, she's a pretty wild one. Uh Uh-huh. Do you guys talk about sex? No, that's the thing. So growing up, we didn't really talk about sex, but I want that to be more of an open topic with my family. Oh. So um, I kind of push the boundaries a little bit to start those conversations. Wow. And I feel like giving her a vibrator would be like, okay, we are comfortable now to talk about our own sexuality right. and make that a normal conversation for us instead of being like, oh, Jen, I don't want to hear that. Right. You know? Is that what she does? Well, yeah, yeah. a little bit. Which Listen, is not like a bad thing. It's pretty normal for... I am desperately trying to be the most like... What, are they, what do you call that when you have like lasers shooting out of your brain? Uh, Enlightened. La- lasers shooting out of your brain. <laughs> When you become enlightened, those lasers just shoot out of your brain. Well, they're lasers and lights and like they shoot in and out. And yes, I am trying. You know that meme, right? Where it's like you get more and more smart and enlightened and there's lasers. Yes. I want to be a very enlightened person, Mm -hmm. but I am absolutely like stuck and mired in my upbringing, which was very, um, I think maybe it's stereotypically Catholic, but it's just like there was no discussion of sex. It's very awkward. I don't think anyone in my family has sex until they've been married for six months. Well, you got to get the paperwork back in the mail. Otherwise, it doesn't count. I, no, I'm oh kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But like, <laughs> like what the fuck? <laughs> but, but like, that's what it's like until you're married. There's no sex until you're married type of thing right. in my family. Oh, wow. So, and so, and there, but there's also no discussion. There yeah. was no talk about birth control. Like, thank God I would figure that out for myself through my like late teens and early 20s. Like, I just kind of pieced it together and was terrified of becoming a young yeah. parent. So I, like, had to self-teach. And so, like, that's why I'm so, so supportive of sex education in schools. Mm-hmm. I'm like, because I come from a family where there was zero of it. And then I went to a school where there was, like, less than zero. In fact, it was very regressive and terrible. So it was just, like, abstinence-only sex yeah. education, which is what I got. And it's so unrealistic. for It's it's unrealistic for people inside that religion, which I was at the time. Yeah. Never mind for people who don't care about that. So, like, so I find it very brave of you and very forward and very enlightened to try and have those conversations and be that change in your own world and your own family. Oh, thank you. That's but, nice. But is yeah. it hard? Like, what's it like? It's just a little bit nerve wracking. Well, that's the thing is like, I feel like a lot of people grew up um, with sex being taught, you know, in a way of fear. Like everyone yeah. was just like drilled like this. Is, you should be fearful of this. Right. And people are just so afraid to do anything around it mm-hmm. because you've just been like shamed or, or like scared into to thinking that like you should just avoid it altogether and then yeah there's comes the lack of education around the topic and yeah. when people are older and they have to navigate it as like an actual adult it can be really terrifying yeah. and dangerous and you know like things like consent like that should be something that was taught within school and it should be yeah. not a scary thing yeah. it should just be a part of the conversation yeah hearing from like yeah the catholic per- perspective mm. is, is pretty wild I'm, I'm lucky that we i mean it was just me my sisters and my mom yeah so it was just like very it was like more open than that for sure good. um but it was good. one of those things we just like got embarrassed real quick because of the way it was brought up in our school yeah and in the way like my mom was brought up everyone was brought up it was just like oh it's kind of a topic that we just don't really talk about we go Ah, I'm embarrassed. Let's not talk about it. By the way, too, just as a little aside here, we don't have to get into this, yeah. but um, I read a story today that uh, the Pope came out, the Catholic Pope, and was like, uh, oh, yeah, we know about this like sect of priests that were holding nuns hostage as sex slaves. 
What? <laughs> yes. Like yes. He's just like, yeah, we know about it. Yeah, they were like, we know about about it. it. We're trying to shut it down. It's still happening. Holy (laughs) hell. I I only glimpsed at the article, and I was like, it is 8.45 in the morning. I do not have the capacity right now. Like, This is fucked. This is the first thing I'm reading. Anyways, but go and and, and look that up. I'm pretty sure it was like from the BBC or a reputable news source I was reading, too. Well, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, it's like if you're ingrained that like sex is like bad, you have to like hide all these things, and it becomes like this really dark, negative thing. And again, dangerous and scary. So, okay, here's what I find is you're talking about all of that stuff, and I agree with you. Like, the tricky path to, I feel like, sexual enlightenment within our entire society is that it's it's very private, mm-hmm. you know, for a lot of people, which is like, that's fine. That's fine. It's, your it's own totally choice. fine. It's also very hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like, and I mean that really, like... It is, and not just because it's like it's taboo or whatever, but like so many sexual misadventures are just like the ins and outs of it, pardon the pun, and like the, like even like the fluids and the like, all of it. Yeah. But it's also, it's a very serious thing, but it's also a very like, uh, like it's something that is so closely connected to our emotions. Mm -hmm. Like it is so tricky. It is so tricky a path to walk where it's just like, okay, you know, again, as trying to be an enlightened person. Am I being supportive of someone in their sexuality or am I being a creep? Mm-hmm. It's like that's a it's a kind of a path you have to walk because yeah. it is it should be something that is like you say devoid of all shame, but also where's the line and yes. where's everyone's individual privacy line? Yeah. So it's I feel that it's tricky. And I think that's the thing too is like there's a lot of communication that comes around with just sex in general and um, that's another part of it where it's not just focusing on sex, it's focusing on the communication around it. Yeah. Because you look at like porn, for example, there's like mm. no communication in right. like the standard porn that you get from like Pornhub or RedTube or wherever you get it. Right. Um, it, it's not often like in mainstream porn that you get like, oh, okay, there's like giggles and there's like this awkward moment. And right. like that's totally part of sex too. And like asking if that is okay and like that sort of ongoing consent and yeah. ongoing communication, it's often not. Um, portrayed in that way because it's like more of a performance base and it's like a certain style and whatever. Like if a teen Mm -hmm. has only been exposed to that sort of pornography, they expect that that's what sex is supposed to be like, right? Right. And if that's the only education that they're getting is through the web from free porn online, then that's what they're going to be expecting from their partners later. And like, it's important for us to show teens that like, okay, that's actually not it. That's a different thing. Right. And this is what sex actually is. Right. You know? Yeah. But look at like, I came up in the absolute like infancy of internet pornography. You know what I mean? Like I know what it was like to trek down to the gas station and buy a playboy. Right. Right. right? So, and then, you know, as internet pornography just became, you know, fried widely free and available. And so, yeah, I, I wonder for my generation, like how it kind of, now, I don't want to say fucked us up, but mm-hmm. I want to say like how it affected our sexual development versus previous generations, you know, who also had, you know, like penthouse and the most depraved things you could think of. But just like it was it was like ten dollars and then you had to buy it and it was just a static magazine. But like versus then, you know, it's like anything you could ever think of, mm-hmm. no matter how wild online for free oh any time of the day or night. And then... And then now versus like a younger generation who just came up with that. Yeah. It, it's going to be a very interesting thing. And I do wish, again, this is another reason why it shouldn't be taboo is like, let's have a look at that. Let's, uh, you know, let's get big leaders like Pornhub on board because like as much as it's great that they 
kind of normalize that this is a big part of a, so many people's sexuality is they enjoy pornography. Mm-hmm. It's like like you said too. Like, can we get an, a handle on what's being presented? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Can we like, yeah, is there ways to push those more consensual, you know, it's like, for instance, you can't log on to Pornhub. I don't know when the last time you logged on to pornographyhubquarters.com was. <laughs> That's my name for it. I don't know when the last time you logged on to it, but it's like I see like uh, like like I would say 40 to 60% of everything, every, all videos I see on there is like stepmom stuff. Yeah. I've never clicked on it. That's not what I'm into. Yeah. Why is that my algorithm? Why constantly with the stepchildren? Ch- no, I think that's just what they're just pumping out. So, okay. <laughs> so if you could replace everything that's like weird incestuous stepmom stuff, uh-huh. borderline incestuous, then can we just can that be just replaced with like as you were saying really positive role model porn? Yeah. Cuz even if people aren't actively searching it out, I might accidentally click on a stepmom mm-hmm. one and guess what? A teenager might accidentally click on one where they learn something real about how to deal with another young woman and their sexuality as a real human being who needs to give consent. Yeah. Right? And I, I think that what's good and what's kind of hopeful is that there is a lot of, like, especially in, in North America right now, like, there's a lot of um, really great education happening. Yeah. And I think it really comes down to, like, yeah, educating kids that, like, yeah, this type of porn is different mm. than sex in general. I remember growing up being like, I don't know what other people's like vaginas look like. Right, <laughs> I only yeah, know yeah. it from porn or from whatever. And they don't really show that in class. They show it in like a cartoon diagram. They're like so afraid because they're afraid of sexualizing right. children. And there's this like fine line between sexualizing and just sexuality yeah. in general. So it's it's up to us as people and, and a lot of times parents too being yeah. like, okay, my kid seeing that there are these many types of breasts, this is what all types of penises look like. This right. is what all types of vaginas look like. And that is, they're all normal. Yeah. Everything is normal. They're all different and they're all unique and they're all normal. Looking at that as an education tool instead of just being like, oh no, we can't show vaginas to a child because that's sexual, that's sexualizing right. children. And we're so afraid of that yeah. where it's like, no, this is actually really important for them to know that they should not be ashamed of their body parts. They should not be ashamed of their body and be comfortable later on in their life if they want to get involved in sexual intercourse and they're comfortable sharing that with their partner too yeah i completely agree with you Mm -hmm. and i also yeah i let's always defer to experts and not these like weird morality kings yeah okay so i'm gonna buy my mom a vibrator i I was like so good for you and yes do the vibrator okay start with something small may i suggest the we vibe plus I think it's like just a little guy, right? Yeah. It's not very, it's, it's one, not big and phallic. You're not making like a crude remark to your mom or whatever like that. It's just like, this is for you to feel good with. Yeah, right? I think that one's that one's good. She doesn't you have any partners. Yeah, I, knew, I do know that one. Yeah. She doesn't have any partners though, because I feel like that one is is also oh, is that good the one for partners. That yeah. Oh yeah, 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 right. What's the little guy that's just like a bullet? Oh, they, maybe We Vibe does other ones too, yeah. but yeah, maybe something that's not like. Plug it in, Ma. It's something a little more tame. I know she's had them in the past. I don't know if she still has a collection of vibrators. but Right. Yeah. yeah I think she'll probably need an update. Okay. Yeah. Well, so I'll wrap that real nice and we'll go to brunch and she'll open it during brunch and it'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, Ma. That's so great and wonderful. Yeah. And, I'll also uh, get her a wee fit. Yeah, you get her a Fitbit, right? Oh, yeah. What is it called? A Fitbit, <laughs> yeah. A wee fit something different. It's also good, but you're getting her a Fitbit. That's Fitbit. so nice as well. Yeah, because she goes for walks, which is cute. Yes. Yeah, uh, she's going to be a healthy woman. 
That's so wonderful. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, this is none of what I wanted to talk Sorry, about in this intro, I, but no, it's wonderful. It's really I, good. I know, and I'm and I'm so glad too that uh, you know if, if this kind of talk is good and you want more of it, uh, your rag podcast I find is always so good, so open and honest. And uh, yeah, please go check that out if you're looking for more great, uh, enlightened content because it's Thanks. there for sure. It's really Thanks. great. Um, check that out through the zones. Uh, podcast network as well, right? Yep, that's okay. right. Cool. Um, super duper. Have a great week. Mm-hmm. Thanks a lot for listening. So, studies have shown that self-centered, stubborn men are more likely to own luxury cars. Sorry, can't hear you. I'm in my Rolls Royce. Bye, Jenny. Beep, beep. We didn't need a study to know that. How was Vancouver? Tell me about it. Yeah, I went to Vancouver on the weekend, and uh, it was fun. It was, it was eventful, but I probably shouldn't talk about the events. But, okay. Um, <laughs> but one thing that happened so great was it was my first trip back to Vancouver now that um, the rideshare is there. Mm-hmm. And... I had, it was so great. I had the greatest rideshare experience that just like it. And it, Vancouver is like exactly where it was like put in stark contrast for me because I've tried to do the same thing before. My dad lives in a place that's like, uh, it's close to downtown, but it's not really like on what you would call like major taxi routes. Yeah. So it's kind of tough to hail a cab. And I did the thing where I like try to call ahead and order a cab. And that's the last time I was there. And they were like, yeah, it'll be like an hour or two hours. I don't know. I'm like, okay, great. And then it was so long. It was over two hours. So I called a different cab company. Um, I eventually did get a ride with them. And then the first cab company called me back and they're like, what the hell? Where are you? And I was like, yeah, you took too long. And then they're like, you're blacklisted from our cab company. No way. Do you know what I mean? Like, wow. so I had that experience yeah. trying to get a, a uh, ride from my dad's place the last time I was there. Now Uber. Oh, yeah. Went on. Booked the ride. It said 15 minutes. It counted down. You watched where the guy was. He came. He came right to the door. Because last time I couldn't even do that. Mm-hmm. I, I had to like go on the street and flag mm-hmm. one down into 7-Eleven. <laughs> came right to the door. He was so friendly. We talked about like he's training to be a pilot. So we talked about it for the whole ride. Amazing. It was a nice big. There was like five of us. So there was room in his minivan. It was way cheaper than I would have paid for anything else. Beautiful. I went back and like gave him a big tip. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was the best so and then and in the conversation too in the cab was just like or in the Uber, will this come to Victoria? Mm-hmm. Do you think could there ever be a day? And I'm just like I don't know. I don't have that bad cab experience in Victoria. Cabs here are great, mm-hmm. but for that additional level of convenience and ease, mm-hmm. oh my god, I'm so glad so it's nice. in Vancouver. It's so overdue. It's so good. Well, I'm happy I had a good little Vancouver trip. Yeah, Were you just fun. driving around Ubers the whole time? You went over there just <laughs> spent a couple no, hours on the Uber. Jenny, I also got <laughs> drunk and embarrassed myself, but oh, thank you for good. bringing it. <laughs> this is what's going on on the internet today. Very viral. <laughs> uh, some person went to a you know it's like a fast food restaurant and asked for extra cream cheese. With his bagel. Okay. And now it's going nuts, supernova viral, because uh, there's like a ton of cream cheese on it, like a lot of cream cheese. Oh. Now, I want to say, if anyone is complaining about this too much cream cheese thing, I think that's a, such a silly thing. In my view, there is no such thing as too much cream cheese on a bagel. Mm. Yes, obviously you can go 
crazy with it's like the entire thing is just a mound of cream cheese and it dwarfs the bagel. Okay, that's stupid. But like in terms of like just extra cream cheese, mm-hmm. that's the beauty of the bagel. It can handle it. This is not some wimpy ass little floppy old slice of bread. This is not even a, like a holy English muffin. Mm-hmm. This is the king of breadstuffs. There are as many carbs in a bagel <laughs> as like a half a loaf of regular bread. The bagel has the strength, mm-hmm. it has the tools, wow. it has the talent. You can't put too much cream cheese on a bagel. Okay. Counterpoints? Um, I just really want to point out, I like when you said king of breadstuffs. That is the new title for a bagel. <laughs> Very good. Um, okay. I think that you can't, there has been a time where I've had too much cream cheese oh. on a bagel and I was surprised. I was like, Wow. I've done it. That's too much cream cheese on a bagel. Mm. And it was when it wasn't really like toasted that warm. Right. And then also the cream cheese was like a big chunky mess on it. And it was plain cream cheese. Like, I don't need that. Yeah. yeah. Um, have you ever met anyone who just uses cream cheese like butter, though, and just does like the tiniest little like layer of Scrape. cream cheese? Yeah. That oh. just seems pointless to me. I wouldn't be friends with that person. Would I? Yeah, I'm not anymore for obvious reasons. Yeah. Oh, yeah, um, but uh, if you ever go to Starbucks, for example, they give you those little mini like Philadelphia cream cheese. I get like four of those. Yeah. I know. What is the deal? They're like, oh, one's good for two. No, it is not. No, it's not. That's that's not true at all. Now. All right. I think we can find some common ground here. Here's okay. a tip that I learned a long time ago when it comes to getting fast food bagels and cream cheese, which I do enjoy very much. Mm. You always you got to get a knife. Because no matter how good their intentions are when they spread the cream cheese for you. Yeah. Okay. Because sometimes you get people who really phone it in and it's a real mess. Sometimes you get people who like just take the time and really spread it properly. But by the time it goes in the bag and then you get it at yeah, home, yeah. there's a car and whatever, it's going to not be the way you want it. You've got to get a knife. You've got to reapply. And even if there is, quote unquote, too much, that's up for you. You can respackle that thing. And by the way, how good is it that Morton's really, they, they, they spackle it. splatter it on. <laughs> they're using yeah. a trowel. It's yeah, so they're good. like, we grab a shovel from my garden. We just <laughs> throw it on there. <laughs> so for years, I have been wondering where those wax figures went from the old wax museum in Victoria. Remember that? Yeah. Did you go to the wax museum? Yeah. So I, I remember when I was really young, um, we went over to Victoria for uh, it was like a little family vacation because we're from Vancouver. Right. And um, I remember like... the Actually, it was the only thing I remember about Victoria as a kid was the wax museum, but specifically the downstairs of it where it was all like horror and like dark and there was blood everywhere. Like it was really scary. <laughs> um, so that's one of the only memories I have of Victoria. Mm-hmm. It's lining up. That checks out. This explains a lot about you. But yeah, go on. But no, I was wondering, like, since it closed down in 2010, where are all these wax figures? Yeah. And a local news uh, person did a story on where all the wax figures are hiding, and it's in the basement of one of the old managers of the wax museum. So just picture this, yeah. walking into someone's basement and just having <laughs> rows and rows of wax bodies and boxes and boxes of decapitated heads and oh. limbs that look very real. That exists somewhere in Victoria. Well, okay. First, I'm going to say that is the most obvious and least exciting place for them to wind up. Like, of course, some managers boxed them up and took them home. Yeah. Makes sense. How obvious. (laughs) (laughs) And number two. Yeah, that is terrifying. Okay. So now are you going to try and hook up with this manager and be like, please, (laughs) sir or madam, may I go into your basement and and just have a look around (laughs) and just like relive my damaged childhood? (laughs) 
Um, not like that, I want to say, yeah. but I am interested in getting my hands on one of those wax figures. Which one? I'm not entirely sure. I'm sure the queen one is very expensive. Yeah. Um, they're saying that they actually go for more than $20,000 each. Oh, wow. So, I mean, that is my goal is to get one of those. Um, if you know or uh, maybe the manager's listening right now and wants to donate one, yeah. I don't know. I think it would just be fun to have around. A great thing for Halloween, though. They I was say that. Say, yeah. They say that on Halloween they have a lot of fun with it, saying, like, come on down to my basement. i got a lot of boxes <laughs> of heads and fingers that you can come check out. They do. Which is pretty cool. But I would like to see them on display again. You know it's such a shame yeah. that they're just stuck in someone's basement right now. I, I want the wax museum to come back. And at very least, please loan us a decapitated head for <laughs> Jenny's Halloween party next year, please. <laughs> Jen, I'm so happy that there is something that we both have to watch together now. <gasps> I knew that we were, you were going to watch this on your own time and me on mine. This new... Very gimmicky, over-the-top, silly dating reality show on Netflix, Love is Blind. Oh, Are you into it? Yeah, I've watched every episode so e- far. Everyone! Everyone so far. They release one every week. Uh-huh. And um, it is absolutely ridiculous. It is so bad and so cringy, but so, that is the reason why I watch it. Of course. Yeah. The premise of this thing is that it's like uh, any other dating reality show, except there's an equal number of men and women. And they'd never see each other. And the only interaction they have is they go in these like pods where they can talk through a wall to each other. I'm only on episode one. So mm-hmm. This is the premise. Okay. Do they end up seeing each other? Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Does it get like crazy drama? And they're like, oh, oh yeah. God. All right. So, so when I heard the premise, I'm like, oh, interesting. There's going to be, you know, some not classically attractive people on this show and that will be a twist that like oh you fall in love with this person's personality mm-hmm. and then you realize that they're so physically like uh, different from you know what, what you, you usually, usually would go for yeah. and that's gonna be the twist but when you first watch this show it's like all these people are hot. They're all babes. So why? is What's the point? Well I think what's interesting is in the first episode you'll notice mm. that already people are saying I love you and they're also asking to get engaged in the first episode, it's so stupid. which is so wild to me, um, but then it yeah it falls. You'll, you'll you'll see. I won't give any spoilers. But on that note, seriously, watch the show. It's just like, hi, I'm from Chicago. Oh, me too. Oh, go Cubbies. I love you. <laughs> Will you marry me? Yeah, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. Okay, on that note though, yeah. a new show alert. Okay. another one of these types of show. It's, uh, the Bachelor, a classic. It's like the one that started all these uh, types of shows. Of course. They're doing a seniors Bachelor. So they're looking for people who are 65 plus for this new cast. Are seniors you? looking for love. Is this legit The this Bachelor? Like that brand, no. that series? Yes. Or are they like, is it like... Go to abc.com slash casting. Oh my there God. are seniors looking for love if you want to go on to this. And I think this is so great okay. because a lot of people don't talk about seniors and like their sexuality and finding love because no. it can be a really hard time in someone's life, whether you're, you know, your partner passed away yeah. and you're now alone and you have to like navigate a world by yourself. It's hard to meet new people and it'll just be really cool to... To, to see like love unfold on, on the TV. That, well, people still have a lot of that intact and are love, love, and love, yeah. love humping each other, by the way. <laughs> yeah. uh, talk to anyone who works in an old folks' home, and they will mm. tell you that place is like Melrose Place. <laughs> I hope Betty White hosts it too. She should! Mm. 
such a wild story out of Vancouver. Apparently, someone tried to steal a Harbor Air float plane. I've never heard of this happening before. Jane, trying to steal a plane? Please be careful with this story because we're not allowed to encourage people to do illegal things, but I think this is the coolest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Who does that? The confidence, first of all, the confidence that you're able to steal one with, uh, it's a commercial plane, like to get through all those people, take it into a busy harbor, and then to know how to turn it on and try and fly it, this person must have been a pilot of sorts, I would assume, or just extreme confidence was just going to make it work. Yeah. Turns out it didn't work out though. It didn't work out. No, no. What so um, it ended take up. The e-break off. <laughs> yeah, that. Uh, it uh, went into the harbor. It crashed into a few other planes. A few he got wings. it going though. Yeah, I got it moving. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, crashed into another harbor airplane and then another um, uh, float plane. Uh, the wings were all damaged and everything like that. It was oh. quite the scene. It looked like yeah, quite. There was three, I think, uh, planes involved and. Coast Guards had to get involved, yeah. too. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. That sucks. And I feel badly for the airplane company and everything like that. Yeah. But was it James Bond doing this? Yeah, kind of right. Like, that's that. who steals a float plane. It's not some, like, crazy guys like, the government's coming to get me and, like, you know, all shabby, whatever like that. <laughs> oh, my runs, God. Runs down on the dock and jumps in this float plane and tries to fly. I don't know. This is, like, James Bond's. This is so many James Bond movies, Jen, where, like, he gets, he's trying to escape or he's he, yeah, in yeah. pursuit of a bad guy or whatever. Yeah. Has to, like, commandeer a plane, hotwire it, and takes off, and then it goes off a cliff at the last second. <laughs> That stuff is sweet! <laughs> but... But don't do that, okay? But don't, don't try do it. That. But don't you try it. You have to have a license to kill, <laughs> otherwise this person's a menace. Oh, it looks like we had a little bit of vandalism here in Victoria. Yeah. Uh, people are pretty upset about this, that the tombstone that you and I were just at Halloween, we were there, we were learning all about the history mm-hmm. of Sir James Douglas uh, there at the Ross Bay Cemetery, got vandalized someone did a penis on it i know that of all the things that you could have done with the spray can that really surprised though really that's i mean people if they can draw one thing it's a wang and then that's that's it it. yeah i mean all right well um if you don't know sir james douglas uh, was a fur trader who became the first governor of the colony of british columbia and then he was also the first uh, governor of the colony of Vancouver Island. Everything's named after him. Yeah, Sir James Douglas, right? Douglas Street, James Bay. Yeah, Port Douglas in British Columbia is named mm-hmm. after him. James Island is also named after him. Yeah, so I don't... Douglas or James is around here. It's all after James Douglas. Yeah, apparently there's no footage of the person actually doing this. They're not entirely sure uh, who did it. And um, I guess the city staff will have to uh, start cleaning it all off or if they haven't already. Eh. <laughs> Man, that's too bad because that's a it's a beautiful tomb. Yeah, it is. Well, really yeah, it's beautiful. like beautiful marble. It's really like a, a bougie tomb. It is. It's been vandalized. So I was telling you this. We were kind of having a disagreement. I was just like, <laughs> Why do we need to have like? Okay, we put this tombstone up for this guy. How long ago? How many hundred years ago? Did this guy go in the ground there? And then he just gets to have this real estate and this tombstone forever and ever. And what? He's a skeleton ah, by now. Yeah. Can we just like? 
I just would love for like some turnover to happen. I get that. And I just think that it's so cool the fact that we can walk through and see like all this history and all these people used to live here and mm-hmm. I mean like we did on on Halloween. Yeah. I love going through Ross Bay Cemetery and like learning about the people who used to live here and how like Victoria came about. I think it's really interesting to, to learn. I loved it too, but like can we just I don't know, put that into a smaller area like a mausoleum or something? I don't know. It just feels weird to me that this guy Mm. gets to have that <laughs> piece of property and that real estate for the end of eternity. It's okay. like when you buy a house, you live in it while you're alive, and then you die, and then the next people get to buy the house. So this guy gets this like beautiful tombstone forever and ever. He's just a skeleton now. Can't we just, like, I don't know. You're starting to sound like a suspect. <laughs> Do you think that's what my motivation was? Like, this guy has been here for too long. You know what? You're getting a penis, dude. <laughs> Langford introduced their new slogan for the city. It's where it all happens. Where it all happens. Here are some of the rejected slogans that they didn't go with. Langford, Costco lives here. Langford, want to go for a rip? Langford, we're just going to send it. Full send. Langford, in a roundabout way, we're pretty good. Langford, built Langford tough. Because Ford, Ford F-150 says a lot of those. I like that. Yeah. Langford, you might actually be able to afford a place here. Langford, we're not that far away from Victoria. Langford, just a crawl away. So you brought this to my attention. Langford has decided on a new slogan. It's very hip, very happening. Makes me want to work there. Makes me want to live there. Makes me want to never leave there. Yeah, it's called Where It All Happens. Where It's All all happens. Yeah, so uh, they announced this new little city slogan at a council meeting, I think last night or the night before. So I don't know if it's like a big news story yet, but it was announced within council, which is pretty cool. Um, Langford is, you know, a, a happening place, especially with this like new arts uh, center that they were talking oh about getting. It was like yes. $82 million for this oh, like beautiful arts center. Yeah. And I mean, you go there to bowl, you go there to have fun. Um Darcy's West Shore is there. Truly, is great. it's where it all happens. <laughs> it really is. Uh, but we had some zoners uh, text in their alternate uh, Langford slogans as well. Ryan says, it's not a Langford party without some chainsaw action. It's not a Langford party without some chainsaw action. Langford, yeah. Yeah, yeah I love that. Um, do you see the other one from Patrick? Patrick writes, Langford. Our Trans Ams are up on blocks. Okay, I didn't understand this. I had to explain it to you. Uh, is that still the vibe of Langford? Because I remember when I first moved here, it was very Trans Am up on blocks vibes. I don't yeah. know if Langford's like that anymore. Can you explain it again in case someone doesn't know? Or am I the only one who didn't know what Trans Am is an old muscle car from okay. usually like, I think the 80s or whatever. And then if you were working on it, you would take the wheels off and put it up on blocks and then you would just leave it there in your driveway or your front lawn for like years at a time. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see a lot of that. Yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and of course Costco's there, like we mentioned in the intro today. Yeah, yeah. What was? How did you word it? Because I love that Costco lives here. Yeah, Costco lives here. <laughs> okay, any more? What do you got? Any more? Um. Uh, it's okay. Don't hurt yourself. You wrote all the ones in the intro. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll do some. Okay, Langford, Darcy's West Shore, surprisingly bumping. Langford, toss me there, lucky. Langford, the Seven Eleven has fried chicken. <laughs> Really? Yeah, it does. Oh, dope. It's actually really good. <laughs> okay, good to know. Langford, I hope the protest doesn't move to the number one. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> We're screwed. Yeah. 
man, so much news going on in the world right now, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm so exhausted of all of it. Every time I'm like hear about the coronavirus is spreading like crazy over Italy now and in the states, and the CDC is getting all concerned yeah. about it. I'm just like, holy smokes! I don't know how how nuts we should all be going about this, or if like cooler heads should prevail. But yeah, something to keep an eye on, right? It's hard to keep up with all the updates, too, right? It's a lot. Exactly how far it's spreading. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the CDC, the Center for Disease Control in the States, has come out with a handy visual guide mm-hmm. of uh, how we should all be keeping our facial hair. Why? Does that have to do with coronavirus? Because of the mask. If you're going to wear one of those masks, and this is the big thing, right? Like those little masks, like filter masks mm-hmm. that people wear especially at airports and what have you. Number one, I don't think they're effective at all. Yeah, they're, uh, yeah, I've seen some things saying that they're not entirely effective just because they might not have a proper seal on them. Well, and that's exactly what they're saying now is that the thing that can bust the seal on them worse than anything is facial hair. Oh, of course. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so it's like it's put out this little this this image of uh, oh yeah, sure. You can be clean-shaven, you can have a soul patch. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. You can have side whiskers or a pencil mustache, but you can't have a horseshoe mustache breaks the seal. You can't I- have the zappa breaks the seal or a walrus mustache. Could you have a beard so large that it itself becomes a mask that oh that's a good question that you braid it in a fashion where it protects you from certain viruses listen to these mustache types I, that think, here. I think that's the main thing that i'm so surprised by is all the names for mustaches right there's the villain so it's like oh yeah you can have like a <laughs> thin twisty beard that's okay for a mask as long as it doesn't cross the seal i love that it's like so official too it's from the cdc this graphic and it has all these wonderful names like mm-hmm. the zappa mm-hmm. uh is that from Frank Zampa? Frank that, Zappa. Yeah, yeah, had that exact beard um, or mustache and soul patch. The walrus. Yeah. The painter's brush is just a, a light mustache. The <laughs> the toothbrush mustache. Now that's what the is first, that? That's a Hitler mustache. Oh no! And oh. you and this is the only time I've ever seen it on something with a little check mark, being like, "Yes, you can have this mustache. It's okay for a little mask for coronavirus." Just so you know, let <laughs> should be a little disclaimer. Just so you know, never have this mustache. I'm so sorry. There's a guy called Hitler. He ruined it forever. <laughs> oh, my gosh. There is a big debate going on right now about Cadboro Bay Beach. So this is one of the beaches that allows uh, off-leash dogs year-round. There's not many places that have that. I know, like, Willows has, like, certain times a year that you can have dogs on the beach. Yeah, and- Gonzalez is the same way, my favorite beach. Yeah, um, so... Uh, there was a counselor's proposal to review the impact of allowing dogs on the beach, and a whole bunch of people came forward and did presentations. 35 pre- presentations were, were had mm-hmm. at this meeting, including 27 against against conducting a review. So people just wanted to stay the same. The majority of people wanted to stay the same, but there are people who are very, very against having dogs off-leash on this beach. Okay, so I'm more interested in the people who want to actually look at it, because the people mm-hmm. who don't are just like, I, I have to imagine they're just like, no, we want to bring our bull to yeah. bring our dogs here all year round. 
okay, but what are the concerns? Are there environmental mm-hmm. concerns? Are the dogs ripping up sea turtle beds or something? Like, what's happening? Yeah, I think that that's part of it. It is environmental concerns, threat to the wildlife. Um, uh, you know, having other dogs that are on leashes, there's like a safety aspect uh, as well. So, I mean, I'm all for dogs on the beach, but I also don't frequent that beach in particular. And I find that there are a lot of do- the other beaches that, you know, dogs have to be on leashes. So let's have at least one that's like off leash all, all year round. That's what e- I'm for. Yeah. Uh, so maybe if if that's that's the thing, right? Like Again, yeah, once again, I also love, absolutely love dogs and love letting them rip around on the beach any time of the year. I love that. But if there are environmental concerns, mm-hmm. I'm allowed to put that nonstop dog love in check mm-hmm. for a second and just be like, well, if it's actually having a detrimental effect on a, on a very kind of sensitive ecosystem, True. Well, let's just be cool about that. And then at the same time, sure, yeah, let's look at, is there another beach? Mm-hmm. Is there another park around here, you know, or in the area that we could move the all the time dog running around to? Yeah. It's not like it's impossible to find an off-leash dog park. I mean, like Dallas Road, all year rounds. Let, mm-hmm. let them go for a rip down there. I know that's out of the way for a lot of people. It's all the way at the southern tip. But, like, come on. Or at least, like, an area on the beach that is off-leash all year round. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Maybe a fenced-off area, something like that. A park nearby. Let the dog run around and get to feel <laughs> the grass between their little toe beans. Mm-hmm. Why not? So there's another debate down in the States tonight in this never-ending... Constant, nonstop process ah. of trying to choose a president and even a nominee. It just is a lot, isn't it? Wait, it's which like debate it's so is it? Many is it debate. a Democratic debate? Yeah, mm. it's a Democratic debate. It's on CBS. Uh, it's, and already I'm hearing, like, look, you get a lot of big explosive moments out of these debates yeah. and everything like that. Like already I'm reading that um, Elizabeth Warren is going to take has torn another strip off of Bloomberg, which is like obviously fun to watch. Mm-hmm. But like, oh, what's she, the point? She's good at that. It's great. <laughs> it's so great. But here's an idea, and this can work for the states obviously down there too, where they're going to have like how many friggin' debates with these people? Mm-hmm. Like dozens of debates up to here in Canada as well. If you're going to have a lot of debates, you know what would be a better thing is Rather than like scattering and, okay, you got one minute for this topic and now you got one minute and blah, blah, blah. What if it was like, let's say an hour long and in each debate, it's like one topic. This this time, this mm-hmm. hour, we are going to drill down and hammer hard on, say, like climate change or the economy or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Don't you know? And that way it's like, and then we can actually get some substantive discussion going here rather than just these like, well, you are a bad person. Well, you are a stink bug. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like little quippy one minute. It's all one liners and it doesn't really come from a genuine place and it doesn't allow for, yeah, that kind of genuine response. Instead, they're just trying to put each other down as quickly as possible. Right. I I totally see what you mean by that. But it's also like, what do you have to make sure that the public is interested in it as well? So there's this interesting balance of like. How do we yeah. get people to watch it? How do we do that? It's like this weird like reality TV, but it's real life, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's like imagine when the, who the bachelor chose to marry for six months <laughs> yeah. most. It actually affects your life and how much you pay in taxes and where that money goes. So stressful. Oh, this weekend is the leap year day, an extra day, and a lot of people are really excited about it. One couple is even getting married on this day. That's so wonderful and unique. And for all you lazy, cheap husbands out there, only got to buy an anniversary gift once every four years. It's a great way to save money. (laughs) 
listen, we're going to get to all this stuff today, obviously, blah, 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 news and all that. Well, Even I'll- right now, Horgan's on TV uh, talking about uh, meeting with uh, the hereditary chiefs. Good. Get her going. Why haven't you done it already? Why did there even have to be a protest shut down the highway for... We knew this, this has been happening for weeks. Get going meeting with the Chiefs. That's what I say. Yeah. Oh, I'm absolutely prepared to sit down with hereditary leaders. Good, you're prepared. Great. Let's do it. Yeah. Get, get it going a week ago, dude. Mm. Anyways, we'll get to that. Or we just did. But uh, <laughs> the top story on my mind today is... Mm-hmm. There's a pizza chain in the States, and I don't know which one it is, or a big one of those big pizza chains, that now along with their pizza pies, we'll be serving little baby plastic chairs to go along with the little plastic table that sits in the middle of the pizza to keep the top of the box from touching the pizza. I love it. I think that's so great. I know you're fuming about it, but I I just remember as a kid, what I would do was I would take those little pizza tables and I would use them for my Polly Pockets. When it was like the second generation Polly Pockets, where they went small anymore because everyone was choking on the Polly Pockets, so yep. they made them a little bit bigger. I had no idea about that. And this. it was like the perfect size. I remember Polly Pocket, but I didn't know that there was a second bigger Polly Pocket. Yeah, because because they were so small that everyone was eating them sure. and swallowing them, which was no good. So they had to make <laughs> them in between the size of a Barbie and uh, the original Polly Pocket. Anyway, perfect size table for a Polly Pocket. So I collected them, but I haven't seen a pizza Good. table. I haven't seen a pizza table in years. How wonderful for you, but listen to me. More. I can't drink a soda pop out of a plastic straw. I gotta drink it out of paper, which is melting in my mouth and just feels disgusting on my lips. Falls apart three sips in. My soda pop, my milkshake, everything. Okay. But do we, we're gonna put plastic chairs on a pizza for no reason? There's so much plastic crap in the world. It makes me so upset. Yeah. I was at the store yesterday. Those little, like, individual flossers. Oh, yeah, those are ridiculous. How ridiculous that that's allowed still, but I can't get a soda pop straw. Mm-hmm. It blows me away. The useless things. Plastic tables, plastic chairs. So anyways, no, I actually haven't seen one of those little plastic tables in the middle of a pizza. I don't buy a lot of whole pizzas all for myself. I'm surprised by that. Okay. <laughs> but do they still exist? They must. I don't know. If you've seen one in the recent years let us know where you can get them because yeah i haven't seen them in years i think since like the early 2000s maybe they're one of the things that mostly has gone away here in canada and again good yeah fine i'm not worried about the middle of my pizza box (laughs) becoming soggy in the rain and touching my pizza pie okay did you jenny did you see the movie knives out no great Great, great movie. One of my favorite movies that I watched all year. Um, It was a modern day whodunit murder mystery. Ooh, okay. And it was really, really well done. Rian Johnson, uh, the director of it. Anyways, he's going supernova right now because he let slip in some interview Mm -hmm. that – because this is a movie, like it's a modern movie and so people have got like phones, right? Like -hmm. like smartphones like we all do. And I did notice – you always notice because, like, when people are using the same phone as you, you're just like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. People use iPhones. And then when people are using, like, a weird off-brand phone, mm-hmm. it usually when – like, and I'm not saying this is right, but in movies when they're trying to portray – and I think it was this way case in this movie – that someone is, like, poor 
they're using like an off-brand phone. Whoa. Or like a or their phones get a bunch of like chips and cracks in it, whereas like the rich person has got the newest, nicest phone possible. Have you ever noticed that? Well, is that all part of like a contract that Apple has with the movie? Well, that's what I'm getting to. No, that I feel like is a creative choice. It's like this okay. is an easy way to portray class difference with people. Types of phones. Right, is types of phones. Huh. But now this comes out, Rian Johnson let's slip an interview that Apple will let you use an iPhone in a movie for that reason, but they have like script approval or something like yeah. that, where the bad guy of the movie can't be using an iPhone. Okay, I that makes sense. I'm not surprised by that, right? Because these Isn't are huge. That weird though, these are like huge contracts that they're signing with mm-hmm. these these uh, movies, right? And of course, there's going to be rules against it, right? Because they're like, I want my product to look the best as possible, of course, and I want it to be in the hands of people that I want my product to be in the hands of. Yes, and they don't want some villain using their. I know it's and it's, it's interesting that like that Apple has that bargaining power, but that also directors, because like I said, I think it does whether you're kind of aware of it or not mm-hmm. while you're watching in a movie. It does speak to you in that way. Oh, this person's using an iPhone. I know everyone in my life uses an iPhone. Yeah. Right? It's like just an easy, very recognizable, subtle visual cue when you're watching a movie. And so like they have to kind of be beholden to that in that way. Yeah, and you're like the resident bad boy at the station here, and you have an Apple phone. I wonder if Apple's happy about that. Well, you know what? Bad boy and bad guy. <laughs> Slight difference, very important difference, Jen, I want you to know. You might grow up to be a good guy. I'm a mischief maker, but I'm not going probably to jail for anything. That's the thing. Oh, this is kind of sad. Oscar Mayer Canada has gone bankrupt. Oh, what? they did? <laughs> I think so. I don't mean to laugh. Reading. I hope people didn't lose their jobs. I, I but know. like, What the hell happened? So the company in charge of operating, you know those Oscar Mayer um, vehicles? They had like um, the big wiener mobiles where it was the like Oscar a big Mayer hot wiener dog. Mobile? Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah, and it's like on a bun. And then there was like the peanut uh, planters, peanut car. There was. was oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. That sounds right. Okay, well, um, the company in charge of operating those vehicles has gone bankrupt, right? Parent company of Oscar Mayer Wiener, Canada. Uh, the parent company of that. And they've commissioned uh, someone to sell these Wiener mobiles. So right now in Calgary, that's where they live, mm-hmm. uh, you can actually buy these Wiener uh, mobiles. And they are $12,000. That's a reasonable price for a used Wiener mobile. What year are they? Do you know? Um, 2006. Great year. <laughs> okay, it's a little, <laughs> I just like looking at like Almost. trying to categorize this type of vehicle in the ad that they have online yeah. at this like car um, ad. It says body type pickup truck. Is what? it? I don't know. There's no back. There's no pickup. But I don't know what else you would classify this as That's like so a, weird. a sports car, <laughs> like well, yeah, recreational vehicle. Usually, I don't know. even for these like. These types of vehicles, they, they, they like have a base vehicle that they build it over. So like, yeah. you know, the 1990s or 1989 Tim Burton Batmobile is like built on a Corvette, <laughs> like a Stingray Corvette, which oh, makes okay. sense when you look at it. But what would you build up to build a Wienermobile? Yeah, maybe they huh. started with a pickup truck and then went from there. But what's really nice <laughs> is it, it has a sunroof. It's got cruise control. It's got a trailer hitch, air conditioning, parking. It's it's a great. It's got Bluetooth in there, a push start button. Man, this is a this it's is a real treat. Push start button, really? Yeah. Okay, so what the hell would you do if you spent $12,000? Okay. Or say it's your birthday and I spent $12,000 and bought you a Wienermobile. What would you do with it? I think uh, the first thing I would do is I would give it a paint job and I would make the wieners into a pickle. Because I like pickles. So does it still look like a pickle in a bun? 
No, it just it's just a like a pickle on pickle. a plate. Okay. A pickle on a plate. Yeah. And then do you like paper mache and add like, like pickle warts onto it and stuff? Because pickles are kind of warty. Oh, yeah, they are kind of. They got some texture for sure. Yeah, I'd, I'd work on that as okay. well. Um, what would you do with it? I would drive it around and then act annoyed when people ask me about it. <laughs> What's with the Wienermobile, dude? I'm like, what, my what? Oh, oh my fuck. gosh. <laughs> what? What's with your car? Oh, a Civic? Big deal. Reliable? Great. This is, this is what I can afford at the time. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so excited about this idea. <laughs> okay. Okay, this just happened. Okay. Just, you okay, want to explain we it? We are just BSing off the air here about... Whatever. And then you mentioned the stupid ping pong table down, which we've screamed about before on this show. Yeah. The ping pong table downtown. What is that like? It's uh, right by Bart's, and- uh, like Bartholomew yeah. or whatever. They yeah. like shut down that, that road for cars. And instead it's just like pedestrians, bikes, and a ping pong table that is there permanently. But no one yes. like really uses it. Of course not. So we were thinking. We were trying to like, we like going out and doing things. Yeah. We should do a show and host a ping pong tournament at the stupid <laughs> ping pong table that nobody uses. Yeah. And, you know, we'll have to bring our own, like, ping pong balls and paddles and that because, obviously, those are all stolen by now. <laughs> or, like, stepped on. Yeah. I remember I was there, like, the second day that damn ping pong table was there and all the balls were all, like, dented and squished because people just dropped them and stepped on and drove oh, yeah. over them and biked over them or whatever. <laughs> So we bring our own stuff and we host a ping pong tournament there and we have yeah. a big prize. Wouldn't that be amazing? I would love that. I think that would be so much fun and like have teams together, get some costumes going. I love the idea. I'm sending okay. an email right now about this. This okay. is incredible. We'll talk to the boss about it. Miriam says, shout out to my nine-year-old Lyle. Who, oh no, a different nine-year-old Lyle who told my kid that the coronavirus is spread by touching dead mermaids. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so Alright, that's just science Either don't do it or get some gloves <laughs> Thanks for joining the PJ Party For more from Paul and Jenny Get them live 2 to 6 weekday afternoons On The Zone at 91.3 Or around the world via the internet's tubes At thezone.fm Do them a solid and leave a review Wherever you get this podcast And tell your friends about it Paul and Jenny are both on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram So get in touch Thanks for joining the PJ Party. Hey, Art. Hey, Curb. We're back. Yes, we are. For the 2019-2020 season of the Canucks. So if you're ready to hear more about the Canucks, listen to Between the Stammers. The Canucks are a little bit better this year. Even though Art still doesn't think they're going to make the playoffs. And kind of on the fence about it. We're going to be doing a lot of shotgun jakes this year. Well, I won't be. Because Art drinks tea. Yes, I do. Check out Between the Stammers on the Zones Podcast Network at thezone.fm.